It's time for Ask Dale Anything, the show that answers your most perplexing questions with profound answers from one of the top transformational teachers and leaders on the planet, Dale Halloway. I'm your host, Mickey Manning, Dale's left-hand person, as I like to call it, and I've never heard a question that he can't answer. He's been doing this for over 40 years now, and he truly has an answer that's profound and helpful on any topic. So with that, let's get into today's question. Well, hello, everybody. Such an exciting day. This is our 50th episode. Our 50th episode. Can you believe this? This is so exciting. 50 podcasts, 50 different questions. Ask of Dale. There is so much information already for you guys to choose from, and we've got even more coming your way. So, you know, I got thinking about this whole 50th episode thing, and Dale and I were talking, and we wanted to do something special. So we have come up with an awesome giveaway. And Dale, you can attest to how much I love to give stuff away, can't you? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. So this is going to be an ongoing giveaway that we're going to be doing. And um, but it's all because of this 50th episode, this commemorative that we thought, okay, let's let's start a cool giveaway. And that game show in me game show host within me can come out. So we are going to be going, um, we are going to be doing a best question bonus giveaway. Now, that's exactly what it sounds like. For anybody who sends in a question to our show, you are going to get entered into a giveaway, a drawing for one of Dell's courses. So please send your question in if you want to participate in this giveaway and also get your question answered. So send that question to askdale at askdaleanything.com. That's askdale at askdaleanything.com. All right. How does that sound, Dell? I think it's fun. It's exciting. <laughs> can't wait to see who wins our first prize. Me too. I know. I'm so excited. So you guys keep the questions coming. You're going to get your question answered and you might just win a bonus prize as well. How awesome is that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Dale, we have an amazing question for our 50th episode. And I know this one is going to resonate with you. We had to get dig through and find a really special one. And I know you're going to love this topic because you have your own experiences with this topic. So hopefully we can hear some of those as well. So this question was emailed in from Joseph from Oregon. Joseph says, I have been feeling a connection to the Egyptian culture and have been considering taking a trip there. It got me to wondering who truly built the great pyramids in Egypt and what is their purpose? And is it true that they contain a portal into the fifth dimension? Well, yeah, that's not only a really great question, but it's a, a more dear question to me, uh, partly because of my experiences having been to the Great Pyramid a couple of times in this life experience thus far. The Great Pyramid in Giza is a phenomenal structure. It's there for a number of reasons, some of which you can see with your physical eye, and most of which you cannot see with your physical eye. You can only experience it through that of your inner eye. Um, 
because it is dimensional or it is or it serves as a dimensional uh, uh, portal way or portal. So the pyramid itself is not only amazing and phenomenal in its structure, because when you consider that the pyramid, it took approximately 20 years to build. So just think of any building that you've watched go from, you know, just a piece of land to all of a sudden this amazing building that maybe took two or three or four years to build. And you would consider that to be an amazing building. The Great Pyramid took uh, 20 years to build. Now, what's also interesting about the Great Pyramid, it's uh, over 40,000 people were involved in building this pyramid, this structure over that time period of 20 years. Um, and these individuals were highly skilled. So I'm saying this because at the time in which it was built, it appears like if you just look through your physical eye, it looks like if we go back to that time that, wow, how could they ever build a structure like that? Considering in today's time, um, we don't, we, we've never seen such a thing before. We've never, uh, perhaps we've seen a building that maybe has taken four or five years to build, but not 20 years. And that many people involved, 40,000 people. Um, now, one theory suggests that those 40,000 people were really, it was all labor intensive. So these were labor workers or, or what was known as a slave labor, uh, possibly in that, in that time. Um, the pyramid itself is made up of limestone and there are like these big boulders. Now, what's interesting, um, each one of these boulders, they weigh 2.5 tons. 2.5 tons and and the entire structure uh there are 2.3 million blocks of limestone 2.3 million blocks of limestone that make up this structure so i'm saying this i'm just giving you a couple of tidbits here around just how amazing this structure was and is and quite frankly continues to be especially when you um, have at least a deeper understanding intellectually wise of its purpose or its multiple purpose. So in the pyramid itself, there are three main areas that have just grown in tremendous popularity. Well, the truth is when the pyramid was first structured, the pyramid was structured around these three main areas. And of course, I'm referring to what's known as the King's Chamber, uh, the Queen's Chamber. And again, and the names are very appropriate because the chamber was for the king at the time and the chamber was for the queen at the time. But there's also uh, a, a third area and it's known as the Grand Gallery. The Grand Gallery, uh, when you enter into the pyramid, so there's a main entrance for, for those of you that have been there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and I also want to say here, too, that, you know, people have read about the Great Pyramid and they feel they know it kind of really well. But uh, how I've often taught, not just whenever I'm talking about the Great Pyramid, uh, but, you know, there's a real difference between reading about something uh, and then going there and actually experiencing that something from the inside out. And so 
Um, what I'm going to share with you now is for the most part, it's all from my experience of it, not from what I read. It's an experience. And, and I clearly, if I ever write about this or put this out into the world, um, you'd probably think you're, you know, reading a story like an Indiana Jones story, uh, because my adventures there, I, I was there twice uh, this time around and both times my adventures were just, I mean, they were scary. They were fascinating. They were adventuresome. Um, they were thrilling. Um, and like literally for most of it, living on the edge, like really not knowing what's going to happen next. So, uh, you know, in ancient Egypt, there were initiations that the initiate would go through around confronting that unknown element in his or her life. And uniquely enough, now thousands of years later, you know, I also know this to be true because I work with a lot of people, as you know, Mickey, and, uh, and I see it over and over. I'd say nine out of 10 people, at least that I've worked with, they're terrified of the unknown, at least when we start our work together. I mean, it's a real ingrained fear inside of them. They are afraid of that element of the unknown. Well, if you go back into ancient Egypt, that's the Egypt uh, prior to the one that uh, most on the planet uh, know of in current time. Uh, if you go back into ancient Egypt, well, some of the initiations, they were designed for the initiate to literally confront this element of the unknown. Another way of saying the same thing, to confront that fear. And quite frankly, some of them made it through and confronted it successfully. And then there were others that did not. They lost their life in that particular time. And so uh, it, coming back to the pyramid, these three key areas, so the grand gallery. So when you walk into uh, the pyramid, there's a front entrance. Uh, there's a huge flight of stairs that you come in from the parking lot area. You take this flight of stairs, you ascend them, you come up onto the main entrance area. And of course, there's this big, thick, thick, thick door there. And the door is obviously open to the general public during, uh, during their public hours, of the, you know, during the daytime. And you enter in, and when you enter in, uh, for the most part, it looks like you're in dirt. Um, and because there's a, a walkway or an aisleway that you have to walk through and then eventually you come up to a kind of a central fork in the road type platform. And when you come up to that part, then you can either go off one direction to the queen's chamber. You can go off in another direction to the pit. The pit is below uh, the pyramid, a good 750 feet or so into the earth, or you can escalate, ascend even further and make your way up into the king's chamber. But in order to get in the king's chamber, you have to go through this grand gallery area. This grand gallery area is just, um, again, to be on the inside and experience this. I mean, even when I've been there and other people have been around me, uh, you know, you'll hear them like hum and haw. Like it's just, it's an experience because whoever it is that created this, I mean, you want to talk about somebody who really knew what they were doing. It, again, it's a very uh, unique, phenomenal, amazing, and quite frankly, in my view, a very special place on the planet.
And in a moment here, I'll, I'll break that down a little bit as to why at least I view it as a very special place. So, you know, you were talking about the weight. I can't imagine when you were talking about the size of these things, that doesn't seem possible that people could have actually done that even with like a ton of them. I don't know what technology they might've had to bring in that size of or weight that you talked about, but that just seems a little beyond human possibility. Well, that's, uh, that is one of the uh, amazing pieces of the Great Pyramid because when you, when you know what the pyramid is actually made up of, and when you're there, I mean, the, the pyramid is a, I mean, it's, just, it's even a powerful looking structure because when you walk up, you know, um, the apex of the pyramid is, I don't recall the exact dimensions, but I mean, it's probably at least uh, nine, 10, 12 stories high. Wow. And so, I mean, it really is, it's it just, it's all encompassing as you're entering in. I mean, you know, even if you're not really good as a feeler just yet in terms of being able to feel into your own physical sensations, um, most people are just kind of wowed by the structure yeah. uh, because of its size. But then you start to consider at some point when you're in it, like, okay, so the pyramid as we know it was built over 5,000 years ago. But, it, but the truth is, it was built much further than 5,000 years ago. And so as you go back in time, on its timeline is, you know, even 5,000, actually, I think it's like 56, 5,700 years or so ago. Um, the pyramid as we know it today, if you go back that far, and most people right away think, well, back, that's almost like prehistoric time. Now, that's not true, but that's how sometimes people will think, like, wait a minute, no, our civilization didn't even start to become modern with all this technology until like literally the last 20 or 30 years. So when you're there, and, and you can see the stones, you can see these limestones, I mean, they're large limestones. Now, most people don't know what they weigh unless they have a tour guide and the tour guide's taking the time to break that down for them. But that's when they become kind of wild, like, wait a minute, how, how, how is it 5,000 plus years ago that they got stones that were literally 2.5 tons in weight, one stone? And how were they able to elevate it five, six, seven, eight stories above? And not only how were they able to elevate it, how were they able to make it so precise? I mean, everything, it's just, it fits like a glove going onto a hand. The precision yeah. of this structure is equally stunning and incredibly impressive. And so, uh, so that's been the big question. People go there and it, all of a sudden it becomes like, how? Well, again, one of the theories, which I already gave you, uh, about the 40,000 skill workers and taking over approximately 20 years. That's one theory. There's other theories as well. And one of the other theories is there was a high level of technology during that time um, in order to pull this off and be able to do what needed to be done to build, to build this incredible structure with such precision. And so, and now around that, then it opens up for debate. Uh, because most people can only see with their physical eye. 
Um, and that's why I said at the opening that most people, they see it with their physical eye. And for the most part, they're pretty amazed. They're pretty impressed and even inspired by the structure. Um, but for those who have their inner eye that's, that really has been turned back on again, and it's functional. In other words, they've got quite a relationship with their inner eye, or better yet, they know how to travel. They know how to travel dimensionally, which is a whole nother way to experience uh, the Great Pyramid. And so again, there's a number of theories. In from my perspective, uh, given that, uh, you know, I used to dream about the pyramid long before I physically showed up there. So when the invite came in for me to go to the Great Pyramid, I mean, I just jumped at the chance. In fact, I dropped everything I was doing. I mean, I just, I just went for it. And I remember even back then people said, are you sure you want to go? Because that was a time when, you know, I mean, it was a, there was a lot of civil unrest there. Actually, both times I was there, there was a lot of civil unrest. I mean, I've seen people murdered there. I've seen people hung there right on the side of the road. Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen some really, um, anyhow, another story perhaps for another time. But wow. nonetheless, uh, when I had the chance the first time, I jumped at it and went and then of course i had my first experience and in having my first experience there it helped to open me up um that uh, in ways that were very unique to me as a soul as a spirit um and then my second time i went i went for a much longer period of time uh and i was on a much larger mission meaning the first time there was only a couple of us that went and so it was really, I was there to have my own uh, first uh, personal experience, um, literally in the pyramid. And then a short time thereafter, I was there with a large group of people that I was serving. I had a, a certain capacity with them. And, and then I, again, uniquely enough, I had a whole nother experience that was even richer and I don't know if more powerful is the right word, but most certainly it was very powerful and life altering for me on that second go around and also all within the pyramid. And so, um, so in this, this is where, you know, when I say it's a, a dimensional portal and you can go read that online, you'll see that it's a dimensional portal. Well, okay, good. So what is a dimensional portal? Well, in my experience, I actually experienced a dimensional portal like for real in full living color. And so um, in that, I, again, had a real multi-dimensional uh, experience, both um, dimensionally speaking, but also right here as well. Uh, it, again, that is like very much like an Indiana Jones adventure. It, it was just, I mean, to this day, I haven't spoken about it much. I've only a few people know well, actually, nobody knows the full story, um, but I do have a few people who know <laughs> a good portion of the full story at this point, and um, only because most people would never, they just, it's almost not even relatable. Like, it's like, how could that possibly be that somebody could experience that in this world that we're all conditioned to believe that, you know, has these labels and these restrictions and these limitations and and so on and so forth that we've bought into hook, line, and thinker. And so therefore our own field of perception doesn't even allow us to be able to expand into these other areas. 
Um, and of course, you've got to be ready for that too. So that's another piece here as well. You've got to be ready for it or you know, potentially can blow out your nervous system. But coming back to these three key areas, so you have that grand gallery. So that grand gallery, when you enter there, uh, this is just, it's a, just a magnificent uh, gallery. It's, it's a huge room, uh, high vaulted ceilings, um, and it's got this um, a stairwell uh, that is like an ascending flight of stairs, but the stairs are not, so to speak, well-grounded. What they are, the, the stairs are uh, basically hanging from the high vaulted ceiling. And so when you're on these stairs, um, you know, I mean, they're safe. Nobody has, uh, like the stair has never given away or any of that kind of stuff. Because uh, again, it's been so well designed. But, you know, when I was there, I'd have people like, I don't know if I want to go there because it, it's not your typical flight of stairs. And it's, a, and it's a flight of stairs that has quite a climb. And then when you get to the top, you come to the top, uh, the highest point of the gallery area, and when you're at the top there, then there's a kind of like a runway, like a ramp. And you get on this ramp, and then you and the ramp crosses over the top of the gallery, and it takes you into the, uh, what would they call it, uh, probably the entrance area, I guess, of what ultimately is going to be the king's chamber. So the king's chamber is actually elevated uh, uh, high up in the Great Pyramid, where the queen's chamber is down more towards the base level. Um, and so, to, but to get up to King's Chamber, and again, it was all designed with such, such brilliance uh, because the king was the king. And uh, it, not that the king couldn't invite somebody to come into uh, his, his chamber, but for the most part, this was for the king. And it was designed for very specific reasons. And so, you know, to get in the king's chamber, again, talk about another initiation, to even get in the king's chamber, like you don't, like if you think of a room in your house and you want to transport yourself from one room to another room, you just stand up and you walk down the hallway and you, the door is open and you walk through that doorway and you're in another room. In this case, that is not like that at all. In this case, you got to get down on your belly, uh, literally. And, <laughs> wow. and, and you crawl through a tunnel, through a tunnel that's made up of granite. Um, wow. And these, again, these large stones. And you crawl through this tunnel. Now the tunnel's only, uh, I don't know, maybe eight or 10 feet long. It's not that long, but if uh, obviously an obese person would have a real challenging time doing this. Right. Um, and then you also have other people who are just scared. They're just scared and they won't do it. Um, and, and that's assuming the King's Chamber is open when you're there in the general public. Sometimes they close it, sometimes it's open. But nonetheless, you go through this kind of tunnel-like experience and then you enter into the chamber. And then when you enter into the chamber, this is where something else just starts to happen, partly because the inner walls of the chamber, and now at this point, it's all made up of granite. So it's that emerald, uh, foresty uh, green color. It's, just, it's stunning, just absolutely stunning. Um, and so when you get into the chamber, obviously you're now crawling out the other side of the tunnel, and you're now in the chamber and you're quite amazed. Like it's just, it's just an amazing um, room, so to speak. Uh, and part of what makes it so amazing is because this is now more than just a room. There's something else going on in this room. 
that's 100% energetic. Wow. <laughs> and so then, of course, in the king's chamber is the sarcophagus. And the sarcophagus uh, is also, it, its precision is so, again, just it's so precise because it's, it's, uh, the sarcophagus is also made up of stone. And so to lay in this thing, uh, you know, it's like laying on a rock. So for most people, it does not feel very comfortable and therefore they, they don't even want to lay on it. You know, they want their mattress kind of thing. Uh, to, <laughs> of course. To, to it up, right? <laughs> and so, um, but it's, again, it's been designed when you lay in this sarcophagus and you lay in there in a specific uh, position, what happens, uh, the sarcophagus is in perfect alignment with the apex of the pyramid. So now the apex is obviously at the top of the pyramid and it's above the king's chamber. But uniquely enough, the way this has been designed, it's been designed that when you lay your body in that sarcophagus, that you are in perfect alignment with the top of the apex. Now the apex is real significant here because the apex is where that uh, like stargate, if you will, it's a stargate portal. And when you're laying that sarcophagus, now something else starts to happen. Now, if you just lay there for an hour, maybe not, or actually, I think in today's time, they wouldn't even let you lay there for an hour because they move the public through it rather quickly. But back in the time that I was there, um, you know, uh, there were still people, there was, it was open to the general public, but on my second uh, trip, uh, something happened that was very unique, 100% spiritual or divine. There was a divine intervention that took place. Uh, again, another story for another time, because that would take a good hour to share. Um, and then that's when a journey that, that I began to experience in the interdimensional worlds. Because um, in that particular time, I was the one that was, so to speak, uh, chosen to uh, lay in the sarcophagus. And um, so, but I wasn't in there just for an hour. I was in there for much longer than an hour. And not only was I not only in there for an hour, uh, but the uh, long story real short here, both the door and the lights, the door was closed as in that main platform door, that door got closed and the lights all got turned out. So it was pitch, pitch black in there. And I was at pitch black uh, when that door gets closed something else happens. Now, not many people on the planet get to experience the pyramid from the inside out when that door is closed. And, uh, but when that door closes, here's something else that happens. So the, another reason why the pyramid was designed, it was built uh, to be like a harmonic resonator cham chamber. Wow. So um, that chamber, so in other words, there's the king's chamber, there's the queen's chamber, and so on and so forth, as I already highlighted. So when that door closes, then this whole structure becomes this harmonic resonator chamber. And when that happens, something else just begins to happen like that quick. Because you are now in a structure that is in perfect alignment um, electromagnetically, uh, spiritually, divinely, galactically, planetarily, I mean, on astrologically, 
on every level there is to be in alignment, you are now in perfect alignment. So what does that mean? Well, when you're at that level of alignment, now all kinds of experiences can happen. So remember at the beginning, I said this is uh, the Great Pyramid in Giza also serves as a stargate. So in this life, I've had now a few experiences with stargates, not just in the Great Pyramid, but other places on the planet as well. So, uh, but the Great Pyramid, it was another one of its reasons for being designed to serve as a stargate, but for what purpose? Well, uh, within this harmonic resonator chamber is an interdimensional portal system. So once that door closes, and perhaps you might be in there and all the lights go out. If the lights go out, it can get pretty scary because it, it gets real black and you start to hear things and feel things and see things that you just typically, normally you do not feel, sense, or experience because you are now in the chamber. And so now whatever's going on in that chamber more than likely is the experience you're about to have. And once you're there, you can't turn it back. It's kind of like a drug, right? And so once, once you've in, ingested the drug into your body, whatever the drug is, then now you're going to go on a trip. Now you're going to go on a journey. So something similar here, only this is obviously all natural. You're on the ride now. Strap oh, in. <laughs> you're on the ride. You know, I, um, and again, I don't want to get too deep in this because we could easily get lost in this for a good couple hours. Oh, but, yeah. you know, the movie Contact with Jodie Foster. So right. there's a scene in that movie where she goes into a chamber and she's sitting in a chair and the chair starts spinning. The chamber starts spinning. The next thing you know, the floor gives away. Well, without getting into all the details of what happened in my own personal experiences, that was the first and the only thing that I've ever even come close to somebody describing what it was like to have my body laying in that sarcophagus in the King's chamber that day. Oh my gosh. This is just unbelievable. Dale, I have to tell you, like my body is tingling. You having been there and had this experience and this question coming in, it's, it's just like magical because I've heard you tell parts of this story before, but never quite in this way. And I, I'm glad you mentioned contact because I'm thinking this whole time, there is no way this was built by humans. Obviously there was some serious help and I'm, I'm just so blown away. I can't even imagine what a magical, awesome experience for you to get to have. Well, and I carry it with me everywhere I go. One of the reasons, as you know, when we're doing a seminar and we're, um, you know, everybody talks about the dome when they're around me in the seminar and so on and so forth. Well, that's part of where it comes from is because I've now experienced not just the Stargate portal in Egypt, uh, but in other places as well. And so you know, that all goes into memory in my field. And so, you know, it, it all helps to expand my field of consciousness or did help to expand my field of consciousness, you know, big time, quite frankly. And then it allows me to serve on those levels as well now to those individuals that I'm, you know, currently serving uh, in this way. So this interdimensional um, portal system, there's another reason for this. So we've all heard of UFOs and, you know, the difference between now and say 
even 10 short years ago, we have more people on the planet that believe in UFOs now than ever, ever before. And so what is a UFO? Uh, an unidentified flying object, or you could say a spacecraft. Well, this is really interesting because the, the Great Pyramid, this idea of designing this interdimensional portal system, one of its reasons was so that visiting spacecraft could time travel. And more specifically, access the earth plane quickly. So within the whole dynamic of the UFO, you know, and um, I haven't mentioned this on our Elevate calls uh, just yet, but I'm about to because it's pretty obvious for anybody that's somewhat awake, you can probably see what's coming here or what's around the corner. Uh, they're going to start revealing themselves, aliens that is. And uh, so now what's even more interesting here is that of this dynamic of UFOs, it would be really good for everybody to know if you don't already know. There's, you could say, good UFOs and there's not so good UFOs, just like people. We've all had the experience with just even human beings or politicians or leaders or a man or a woman or attorneys or domestic or, you know, realtors or, uh, or teachers. I mean, you get the idea there, there's there, the, the, those that are working for the light and there are those that are working for the dark. You could right. say to really simplify this, it just is what it is. Well, in when we look at UFO activity, that principle holds even more true. And so um, I'm sharing this with you because the, the benevolent beings, the beings that are really working for the forces of light. So now they can use a Stargate, um, this portal system, this interdimensional portal system in Egypt to where if all of a sudden one of the, we'll just say darker or more negative UFOs, those types of beings that for the most part, you know, they're 100% they're self-centered. It's all about their agenda. And it's kind of like, again, we've all experienced this with people on our planet. There are some people that they might, they might have the right words to tell you, but when it comes right down to it, they're completely focused on themselves. It's always about themselves. They're always promoting their, you know, or advancing their own agenda. Um, because when it comes, you know, come the end of the day, and if they were to be brutally honest, or you were open enough, you would possibly be able to see that, no, this person doesn't care about me. This person doesn't, uh, isn't really committed to pure service of the heart of spirit of the light. This person always has an agenda always. Right. Uh, so there's those benevolent, benevolent beings that are really pure of spirit, pure of service. They're here to serve period. And they're here to serve humanity. They're here to serve God or whatever you choose to call that divine aspect in your life. Then there are those who just, they're not, they're here to serve themselves. That would be probably the simplest way of saying it. They're just here to serve themselves. Some of them are really intelligent. They're really good at getting people 
to be hoodwinked, so to speak, sucked into the idea that they're here to serve you when in fact they're, they're possibly utilizing you as a way to serve themselves, right? So as, this, now this has been going on for a long time. It's just that we can't see it just yet. I mean, when I say we, I'm talking now humanity in, in general. Right. We, we can't see it. So we maybe know or even believe that there are UFOs and maybe we've seen a light up in the sky or we've seen a, you know, a spacecraft that's, that's flowing above us or that, or that's, or maybe we've actually encountered one physically. I know there's people out there who have literally physically encountered them as well. And then there are others that just aren't sure. So, you know, there's all types of people there, but one thing's for sure when they decide or when the timing becomes right for them to start revealing themselves to us as a humanity, there's going to be those that quite frankly are going to get sucked in. Uh, just like in the movie Independence Day. If you go back to that movie Independence Day and you can see it, there were those at the beginning of the movie, right? Whoever the director, producer, writer was, they set it up, in my view, they set it up beautifully. So uh, they did a stellar job on helping just to help people be a little more educated that now they weren't saying this was gonna come anytime soon or none of that kind of stuff. It was just a movie. But sometimes in that movie, it opens up our consciousness a little bit and it causes us to maybe think something through. Like, okay, just because this being's walking out of a spacecraft, can I trust him or her right away? Is that a wise thing for me to do? So circling back now to uh, this interdimensional portal system uh, that's been designed within the Great Pyramid itself. So these visiting spacecraft could time travel and more specifically access the earth plane quickly. Why would they want to access the earth plane quickly? Well, because of these negative forces or these forces of dark. So there's coming a time when this is all going to come out. In other words, this, this is going to be revealed little by little, slowly, but surely. And as that happens, what that means is, is that whoever the darker ones are, clearly they have their own plan. They have their own agenda. And to think otherwise, that would be just real foolish thinking. Uh, they have their own plan. The cool thing here is, is that as these portals are being utilized for this reason, uh, the more benevolent beings that also have their own spacecrafts have these stargates, they have these portals that they can move quickly into this plane on if they need to as a way to protect a sector of humanity. In other words, if um, something was to happen and one of the darker or more negative oriented uh, spacecrafts were up to no good, so to speak, then the forces of light through this type of technology can now also serve and protect serve and protect when it's most appropriate to do so. So this dimensional portal uh, of the Great Pyramid is, uh, it also serves as a key stargate that anchors, or at the very least, helps to anchor our Earth. So I remember uh, my first time I was in Egypt and I had again, my experience there. And part of that experience was where I was being shown something 
around the significance of the pyramid in relation to what it does for our magnetic grid that encompasses, envelops the entire planet. And I remember as I was on the other side of this experience and I'm now integrating the experience. I mean, it was profound. It was earth shattering profound for me um, because it was one of the, one of the number of times it was going on for me back in those years where my relationship to the earth was just constantly deepening. It was constantly expanding. I was learning more and more about the earth and I needed to learn about the earth. And, you know, that was many years ago. Today, I understand why that was so important. But even back then, I knew it was significant. I couldn't put my finger on it exactly what the significance was, but I knew it was profoundly significant. Um, because if this was to be taken out, then you would really experience the significance of what it is that I'm highlighting right now. Uh, but in a way that could be very scary and, and, um, and very challenging. So it's one of the reasons why these structures have been so well protected, not just by us here on the earth plane, but also from those that are not on this earth plane, they're on another plane of existence, but where they have easy and quick access to this plane. And whenever they need to utilize that access, they're going for it because of the significance of a structure such as the Great Pyramid in Giza. Wow. You know, I'm really glad that you bring this up because I think that with what's been declassified by the government and with the advances in our technology in like the last 40 or 50 years, it's obvious that this isn't just like, you know, we've had this stuff for a while. We've, we haven't had these advances just because people came up with this. We were given a lot of this. And so I'm glad that you make this point because I think it's actually much easier for people to be open to the concept that there is alien life. It's much more easy to accept now, but thank you for actually giving people this thought that they need to be, you know, beware because there are just like people, there's good and bad. And I think you make a really, really valid point here. Well, this is going to be a big thing, Mickey. Uh, again, I haven't spoken about it uh, publicly on our other platforms just yet, but as I said, that's all about to shift here shortly where I am going to be introducing this to our Elevate membership. And, and then I'm going to be harping on it. And I'm going to be harping on it on purpose, like I do with anything else that I harp on, because, you know, it's coming and to start prepping people a little bit is just a wise thing to be doing. But then also, as it comes, uh, not everybody, but some people are going to have a direct experience with this. And um, so to have a little bit of preparation, to have a little bit more of an education from hopefully somebody that you trust and somebody that's proven worthy of your trust uh, through that of his or her actions over a sustained period of time that, you know, that would be good for you to have in your corner um, because this not only is coming, this needs to come because there's something much bigger going on. Actually, there's been something much bigger going on for some time. It's just now starting to come into the light, so to speak. It's of the light, but it's coming into the light here in this dimension so that we, the people, can begin to see this. We, the people, can begin to wrap our brain around it. We, the people, can start to integrate it where it's right for us to be integrating it. Because what this is, 
talk about significant, this is going to be another significant piece along our journey as a humanity in terms of us waking up, waking up to a higher and greater truth or waking up to a higher and greater truths, as in plural, that this is all part of the process. Um, and so for those within humanity that are ready for something like this, and you know whether you're ready for it because you, know, you hear somebody like myself speaking about this, and it either resonates with you or it doesn't. And if it resonates with you, you probably wanna pay good attention to that because that's, that's your soul. That's your higher self. That's the higher part of you. It's speaking to you like, listen, pay attention to what's going on here. You know, go back for more, go back for your second serving or third serving or whatever that might look like for you. Um, that's your indicator from inside of you, letting you know that this is really something for you now because you're ready for this sort of thing. Uh, and you're ready to start prepping yourself or preparing yourself, um, you know, cause it's, uh, on one level, this is going to be kind of scary for a lot of people. Um, another level, it's also going to be equally exciting. Eventually, it ought to be exciting for everybody as we go through our different stages of transitions um, that we will be going through as a humanity in the months and years to come now. Oh my gosh. I tell you what. What an awesome 50th podcast episode. We could talk <laughs> about this literally like all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is it, it's it's deep and it's fat and I know it's fat. I know it's always been fascinating for me, too. Yeah. Um, but it, but it is and it's we probably could talk about it all day long. Definitely. Well, Dell, thank you so much for the awesome insight into your own experience and for the really broad answer to Joseph's question, but you just gave us so much more. So thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. And you know, that's sometimes what happens as you know, once the question comes, as you know, you've been with me now for a number of years, I just simply respond to the question. And, um, so that's what we're doing here today. And yes, Joseph, it was a great question. I most certainly enjoyed sharing with you and our listening audience here today as well. So thank you, Mickey. <laughs> thank you. Yes. And Joseph, I'm booking my trip with you. Okay. We're, we're going together. We're taking Dale and we're going together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, remember, this 50th podcast episode is the launch of our best question bonus giveaway. So please send your best question in that you want answered by Dale to askdale at askdaleanything.com. That's askdale at askdaleanything.com. And you'll get your question answered and be entered for a chance to win one of Dale Holloway's transformational courses that could change your life for the better. So with that, we will see you all very soon. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. And if you found Dale's teachings helpful and you want to get more of them, then you might really like his free ebook that we have for you, 12 Simple Ways to Change Your Life in 30 Days. You can download it for free at dellhalloway.com forward slash practices. That's dellhalloway.com forward slash practices. In it, you'll find 12 simple ways explained to you in exact step-by-step -step fashion that will cause your life to move forward in the next month. Simply choose one of the practices, any one of them, do it for 30 days straight, and you'll see a new you begin to manifest. I am not kidding. 
Download your free copy today at D-A-L-E-H-A-L-A-W-A-Y.com forward slash practices. Oh, and by the way, if you know anybody who might find this content helpful, please share it with them. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you next time.